Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Today, I have a conversation with my friend, Elizabeth Bostwick. I've known her for years on the Twitter sphere and had the pleasure to collaborate with her on our book, Education Right Now, Volume 2, which was all about relationships. In this episode, we discuss how you can break free from the status quo by creating a culture that is ready to take the leap. I love that title because personally, taking the leap is one of the mastermind's core values. To us, it means do the hard part first, dance with fear, and take action. To Elizabeth, it means creating a culture of innovation within your school. So by definition, you are breaking free from tradition and creating a learning experience that is geared toward what today's students actually need. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, let's take some time to thank our show sponsors. In the Mastermind, we believe that questions are better than answers and that there's power in connecting with other elite performers. Kevin, a principal in Tunisia, had this to say about his Mastermind experience. I feel more connected to the everyday changes in education. In addition to being more informed, I feel empowered to bring new educational ideas and strategies to my team at my school. We'd love to serve you in the Mastermind and welcome your application. Enroll today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, a program designed to develop your students' executive function and non-cognitive skills. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX who believes that the more students talk and are engaged in class, the more they succeed in school. Learn more at teachfx.com. All right there. Hey, Better Leaders. I am excited to be on the show with somebody I consider a friend. And we got to collaborate on a book called Education Right Now, Volume 2, which is available at the uh, time of this release of the show on Amazon. But more importantly, we're going to talk about her new book, which is called Take the Leap, Ignite a Culture of Innovation. And we'll talk all about that in just a second. So here's Elizabeth Bostwick's bio. Elizabeth is a multi-award-winning educator who is passionate about creating the conditions to spark curiosity and unleash creativity to empower learning. Driven to elevate education, Elizabeth speaks at both local and national conferences to support educators in their journey to foster cultures of innovation and authentic learning experiences for their students. In addition to being a classroom practitioner, Elizabeth has served as an instructional coach and grade-level chairperson. In these roles, she has worked alongside colleagues to support the integration of technology to deepen learning and has leveraged highly effective strategies to engage and empower all learners to maximize growth. Dedicated to making a long-lasting positive impact on education, Elizabeth participates as a continuous learner to identify how we can support systemic change and develop essential success skills to ensure learners thrive to be future ready. 
Elizabeth is also a co-author with me on Education Right Now, Volume 2, Top Strategies for Improving Relationships and Culture. And she's recognized by PBS as a digital innovator all-star and lead digital innovator for New York. Elizabeth regularly engages with other educators to bring professional learning experience and contributes to individual and collaborative blogs in the PBS Teachers Lounge. She's also been named the next gen young professional leader in education and had the honor of being the recipient of the Governor's Empire State Excellence in Teaching Award. Above all, Elizabeth strives to serve as a model for her children. She hopes to inspire them to be dedicated to developing their strengths and interests leading them to their passions and fulfillment in life. Her new book, Take the Leap, Ignite a Culture of Innovation, will help readers reimagine learning by sparking curiosity, inspiring creativity, and promoting student agency. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Danny. Yes, this is uh, really a pleasure to, you know, for me. Uh, it was great spending time with you and all our colleagues on the uh, Ed Right Now Volume 2 project. You know, we could do a whole episode just on that, but I'm excited for you because uh, your, your, your book came out and I'd love to um, just start there. What is the genesis story of Take the Leap? You know, why did you feel like this is a book that needs to be out there for educators to engage with? Well, Danny, I was watching very closely, of course, as any parent would, the growth of our own children. And as my own two boys grew from the time they were little, they were naturally curious. They had so much wonder and awe. They asked amazing questions. And then I began to notice that the further that they went through school, and this is not uncommon, I hear this from other parents around the country, they weren't asking as many quality questions. They were coming home from school saying, "Eh, I didn't really do much. Mm. Now, that's nothing negative about the schools they went to or the teachers that they were with, because I think all teachers have great intentions and really care about making a difference in the lives of children. But I started connecting my boys' experiences with just my own as a a child. And I started to think about, when did I love school? What, What was it about school that helped me really want to learn? And in my reflections, I thought back to some of the professors that I connected with in college. Mm -hmm. And some of the professors like um, Dr. Timothy Slecker, he was one who really spoke to my heart as an early educator. And I just remember being in his classes of the early foundations of education and him showing us videos about what true authentic learning looks like. He also shared with us a lot about Uh, videos that schools had taken about kids chanting pass the test with a high emphasis on standardized testing. Mm. And all of those in combination really made me feel driven to create a book that helped educators break out of the mold of traditional education and look at how can we infuse authentic learning and the interests and the strengths of our students that we work alongside. Yeah, that's quite a juxtaposition between things that your professor's offering that speaks directly to your heart and your longings, you know, and what you see as a opportunity in education to kids chanting past the test, which is just, you know, more of the, at this point, we've heard it quite a bit, this argument of the, the industrial age, you know, factory, uh, school is a factory in, in, in compliance, right, with standardized tests. So, you know, you, you bring up something that's really interesting to me is this idea of authentic learning. And uh, maybe you could shed some light on, on some steps that 
schools systemically, or, or, or maybe we could even uh, go down to the micro level of the classroom. You know, when, when you're working within a machine like that, what do you do? Because it could feel hard. It could feel maybe even oppressive at times. Uh, I had a one-on-one talk today with a, a great friend, Paige, and you know, we were talking about like, Danny, you're pushing us to think outside the box, but we exist in a box. That's the reality, right? So what, what would you say? Yeah, let's go to the micro level, the classroom teacher that wants to impact what she does with her kids and make it a more authentic experience. How do we do that? Well, and George Carl speaks a lot about innovating within the box. We can't change some of the structures that we have in our, in our school systems. And we can't change how much time there is in a day or all of our budgets. So I was really fortunate to be trained within project-based learning from the Buck Institute. So in the third section of my book, where I really talk about the A, um, the authentic learning, I could never tell every teacher, everybody has to go out and do project-based learning. It may not fit within your school. I'm also a huge advocate of makerspace. And again, we always know that there's teachers that are going to say, I don't, I don't have a makerspace or I don't have materials or there's not the time in the day. Um, I'm also a firm believer of the work that Don Wetrick does with bringing entrepreneurship into the classroom and bringing passion projects within all levels of our schools. Again, for one teacher to realistically do all of those things in a year could be challenging. So the way that I broke up my book was really looking at what are the components? What are the underlying components that overlap within those three? So it's really taking the opportunity to say, how can we bring in authentic learning by finding out what do our students wonder about? What are they curious about? How can we connect that then to learning standards? And then identifying who are some of the community specialists that could come in and share with us and help make that learning to become more deep. Mm -hmm. Um, We also give tips and strategies for how you can engage in authentic reflection and for students to provide feedback. So there's so many overlapping elements that you can take, pick and choose and almost scaffold it within your own classroom so that it works for you in what you're doing. Do you ever, Elizabeth, get this resistance? So somebody, they're open to, to trying to what my friend Jennifer Abrams says, playing in the deep end, and they're going to jump in. So, okay, fine. I'll play within the box, the time, the budget, these things I can't control. I can control the classroom experience. But Elizabeth, I'm scared when I ask my students, what are you interested in? What they might say. Does anybody ever give you that kind of resistance? Oh, absolutely. And, and I know from experience that just starting with knowing what you're interested in is a loaded question for a kid because oftentimes what you're going to get is I'm interested in video games. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in my Legos. So it's really about helping kids to go a little bit deeper. So why are you interested in the video games? What about it? Is it the competition? Mm -hmm. Um, Kids get that boost of dopamine every time that they play. So that has to do with the incremental success that they experience and the feedback system. It's constant feedback. So um, it's really helping teachers to understand it's not just about a student's interests, but how do we help kids identify what those interests are? And oftentimes we can't help them identify those interests unless they're exposed to many different possibilities as well. So there are opportunities. Like I I do use a lot of the framework from Ignite Your Shine created by Lavana Roth. And through that, and, and I really do enjoy it because there's videos and then activities that kids go through to help start identifying what they're interested in, and then they begin to narrow it down. And so it may not be realistic to 
depending on the classroom, depending on the structure of the school to always hone in on that one interest all the time. However, you can always find time once a month. You could find time once a week. So there are ways that you can engage kids in passion projects and infusing their interests. And also just to kind of go along with that, like I had a student who was difficult to reach when it came to having her demonstrate her learning and her understanding of concepts. And one thing that we found was that she loved art. She really excelled when it came to cartooning. So that was just a great way that we could leverage that into the classroom so that she could demonstrate her understanding through those strategies. Sure. Because you could have a cartoon character maybe teaching the Pythagorean theorem, or you know, you could be teaching narrative structure of a story. Like There's, there's so many rich opportunities there with the, the cartoons. Hey, I want to give the listeners a couple of tips too, because this is coming out uh, from this gold that Elizabeth is sharing. But, you know, when you get yourself around world-class performers, you know, and even though Elizabeth's a, a friend, I'm a little bit nervous doing the interview because she's so awesome, right? And so world-class, uh, I could feel it. Like I was a little shaky. What's that all about? But here's the thing is when, when you're trying something new, like what she's talking about, Right. Don't worry about trying to be somebody else. You know, you can't compare your start, your beginning to somebody else's middle or end. So that's one tip that I want to offer the listeners. The other thing too, and and she didn't use these words, but it's the same idea. What's the next tiniest step, right? That you can take to make this a reality. And here's the thing is that, that Jim Collins talks about bullets before cannonballs. You've probably heard that a million times on this podcast. And so it's not about how do you do it you know, full-fledged uh, every day, every minute, every second of every class, but you said like once a week, you know, how can you try that out? So run little experiments, give yourself permission to fail and, and yeah, just test it out, see what works. And if you can do more of it, great. If you can't, at least you're doing something and moving it forward. Exactly. I was just going to say that, and I'm somebody who jumps in mm. two feet. I jump in, you know, I'm yeah. ready to go. And it. and that's kind of where that concept of take the leap comes from. But within the book, one of the analogies that I use is that when you're taking risks, it's very comparable to the analogy of being on a ropes course. And mm. I talk about the time that my family and I was at the ropes course and I watched people who were avidly moving through the course. Yeah. People who were really trying to judge their next step and those who were completely in fear, frozen in their place. And so it's really looking at in our in our schools and within the culture of our school, we have every type of personality just like that. And mm-hmm. all of them are necessary. It's okay that people want to know all the nuts and bolts before moving forward. Not everybody's going to feel comfortable to dive into something. But as you mentioned, if we can make small shifts until we gain comfort and then network and connect with our colleagues through relationships and as a support system, we can make systemic change along the way. So Elizabeth, uh, you know, one thing that I've really been focused on is, is just trying to, I guess, empower all individuals within a school to, to see themselves as leaders, right? Because they have power, they have choice every single day. It doesn't matter your title. So if you're the principal, of course, you're a leader, right? You, everybody knows that. But as the classroom teacher, even the custodian, let's say, they have opportunities to lead every single day too. But we have upper limit challenges. You know, we'll, we'll put a ceiling above our head and say, ooh, I can't stick my neck out in that way or lead in this way because I'm so used to operating within this very traditional system and waiting for approval. You know, if my principal says it's okay, then I can do it. But 
we, we don't need that. We need people's best. We need what makes them special, you know, and their, their uh, zone of genius to uh, contribute and, and improve our cultures. So what would you say to any listener who either A, is, is always waiting for that approval or B, doesn't necessarily want to wait for the approval, but they're, they're scared to uh, jump out there and take the leap, so to speak? My hope is that every educator and everybody working within the school building does see themselves as a true leader. And of course, educators may see themselves as the leader of the classroom, but even our students are leaders within the classroom too. And so what I would say to to teachers, though, is really about creating your own network within your school system. Mm. Early on in my career, it was my natural tendency that I might do an activity or a lesson in my classroom and then afterwards share with my colleagues and say, or even I would think I'm going to do an activity and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Let me know if you want to do the same thing or let me know if you want to help. And and one thing that I've learned to do in taking a risk myself, but also working with colleagues to take risks is being able to say, hey, here's a great idea. Here's something I would like to do. For example, we did the cardboard box challenge. And instead of just having everything mapped out, I really drew on the strengths of the team members that we had and said, hey, this is something I'd like to do. I would love for you to partner with with me to make this happen. How could we make this really great for kids? And so it was really about leveraging the strengths of others and involving people. Because when we do that, we create that ripple effect of leadership. And when we all join hands, so to speak, we're more likely to step beyond our zone of comfort. Yeah. So I'm hearing things like uh, invite, invite people to this dance. You know, I'm hearing things like do it in community. Don't see it as isolation. You don't necessarily have to do it by yourself and with community, with your peers, uh, through an invitation, it's a lot uh, more accessible to take those risks and to lead. Am I hearing you correctly? Absolutely. And I think even individually in the classroom, by connecting on social media and finding your Mm -hmm. tribe, so to speak, of educators who can share resources or give you feedback, Anything that you can begin pulling into your classroom to create that authentic learning environment that really empowers learning and helping kids to know how to demonstrate what they're learning in their own unique way. And I think all of us can take the leap and be the leaders in that way. Um, But it's really about taking small steps one at a time. What about working with challenging kids? In the the pre-chat, we're having a few laughs about uh, different things that challenging kids can do. Shout out to Levi, my nephew. I love you, man. Silas is awesome as well. But uh, yeah, I shared a story real quick. Levi looks at me and drops one of my favorite books into grandma's pool. He did it purposely. He did it to hurt me. And then we had a fun conversation about that. But what would you say uh, Yeah, to, to the listeners about working with challenging kids in the context of your book? Well, I want to challenge every educator to not stereotype a child based on where they're from, what Mm -hmm. they're wearing, how they behave in the classroom, because every child comes to us differently, but it doesn't change the fact that they have inner potential that may be untapped at this point. And so every single child has wonderful gifts that we want to be able to unleash to the classroom. One of my favorite books is um, also Originals by Adam Grant. Yeah. And yeah, and it's, it's, a book that I, I reference in Take the Leap as well. But you look at his journey and the fact that everything along his path said that he would fail at life. And in, in many ways, he was failing at life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all about finding your individuality. And in Take the Leap, there's a similar message too, which is why I reference Adam Grant in the book. But 
I've worked with so many kids that um, might come to me and be more apathetic or maybe some who are impulsive and some that I, you know, we always as, as teachers, even administrators, you hear the stories about kids year to year. And we want to make sure that we're not pigeonholing those kids and into what they're going to be in the classroom. And every child can be reached, but it's really about creating the relationships with students, getting connected with what they're interested in outside of school, what their family is like, and really taking time to listen and build the connections. And even through team building activities that we use in the classroom, we're really intentional about debriefing and talking with kids about how did you feel in this situation? What could have gone better? And I look at all of the opportunities that we have to develop relationships because it's not just greeting the kids at the door, which is incredibly powerful. And I would highly recommend always greeting your kids at the door mm. and, um, and connecting with them. But it's really about participating in those team building type activities too, where you can engage in the debriefing questions that foster empathy and understanding um, with students, because that's where some of the relationships start to deepen. Let's pause here for a message from our sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder is an evidence-based RTI Tier 1 universal level solution and focuses on improving executive functioning and non-cognitive skills. You can learn more and improve your student success at OrganizeBinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. 40 years of research shows that student talk leads directly to student learning, but teachers currently talk 70 to 80% of class time. TeachFX is changing that with a Fitbit for teachers that measures student engagement and gives teachers automated feedback on their talk ratio, questioning technique, wait time, lesson design, and more, all from the microphone of their smart device. Get a free two-week trial by downloading the app at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All right, and we're back with my friend Elizabeth Bostwick, and she's the author of her new book called Take the Leap, Ignite a Culture of Innovation. Uh, and we've been having a really interesting discussion uh, about the content that you could find. And that book's available, you know, there for you. Go out, and I highly recommend the listeners grab a copy if you haven't already. And Elizabeth's last question about the book is basically, did, uh, did I miss anything that you'd like to make sure the, the listeners really know about your work? Well, I guess in thinking about the book, I want everybody to understand that LEAP is an acronym. And the acronym of LEAP, the L stands for creating that luminous culture and how we can really shine a light on authentic relationships in the classroom. The E stands for empowered learning and how we can really help kids to begin to identify what they want to learn about and um, really fostering those future success skills in our students. Also infusing the authenticity into learning mm. through project-based learning opportunities for makerspace and passion projects so that your potential, but ultimately the potential of your students can soar. And so what I want people to really understand with the book is that it's developed so that people can dive in and do as much as they want to with lots of tips and strategies that you can leverage from the book, but you can also take it as slowly as you want to be able to pull in little pieces and small components mm -hmm. um, that help you to scaffold into your daily classroom routines. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, in the past, let's say six months, has there been any resource that's really impacted your leadership, productivity, or quality of life this year that you'd like to point our listeners to? 
Well, I'm always a big fan of tuning into Better Leaders, Better Schools <laughs> podcast. It's one that I listen to, honestly, always. So it's a great podcast to be able to use in just daily. Like if I'm taking a drive somewhere, I always love to have some downloaded and ready to listen to. But the resources that I really draw upon our innovators mindset is one that I always return back to. Mm-hmm. Um, Learner-centered innovation is another book that I I look at also too. And of course, your book too, Danny, because you have an incredible book out there yourself. So um, there's lots of resources that I use in my daily life um, and books that I read, but then keep coming back to when I know that there's parts that I marked that I want to return to. Right. All right. Well, you made it, Elizabeth. You've been a, a fantastic uh, friend and guest, and you knew this question was coming, so I can't wait to see how you answer it. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build your dream school? What would be your top three priorities? All right. So I've been thinking about my dream school for a long time. <laughs> and um, I think we even did a lead up chat once about your dream school. So nice. my dream school, it's all about culture first. You know, one that feels like family where people use your name for all students, like people know your name and know how to pronounce your name correctly. And one in which you don't just walk in and people are walking down the halls and pass by you, but people are cheerful and happy and connect with you. And, and it reminds me a lot of the school that I'm at currently because that's the feel that we get when we're walking down the hallway. But to have that in all schools is so important. And then a concept that I've always played around with in my mind too in my dream school is just more opportunities for flexibility and choice and learning. So for example, maybe it's not one class that the kids come to in a day. So for example, maybe a group of fourth graders don't go into one classroom. Maybe they start off in different larger learning locations, such as a media center, for example, where they're diving into a topic that day, but there's multiple teachers instead of just one classroom teacher, multiple classroom teachers um, and educators, and even people from the community who are there to support kids in their learning and what it is that they're exploring at that moment or creating. Um, And I think that'd be a really cool concept. And I'm sure that there are schools too that are doing different components of that. And the last one is to really knock down the walls in our schools, get connected with the community and globally. Our world just doesn't function within small societies alone. And communities have so much to offer. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Uh, If people want to reach out, and get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Um, people can always connect with me at, on Twitter. And it is my half of my first name. So it's at Eliza Bostwick. And um, I'm always responding to messages there. Um, but people can always feel free to connect on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And then if you go to my website, elizabethbostwick.com, there's a way to email me through there as well. Great. And we'll have all those resources you mentioned in the show notes, as well as your website and book. Thanks again for being a great guest. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag 
BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.